This Family Life News Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Next on the 5 O'Clock Report. Dissent must never lead to disorder or to denying the rights of others. I love America. Gen Z is different. They are open to God. That's a blatant effort to get the youth vote. We can always use the backup, and the most powerful backup you can give a cop today is uh, the backup of prayer. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. The President of the United States just issued a response to protests on more than 40 college campuses nationwide. This was UCLA last night as SWAT teams moved in. It looks like these explosive fire sticks that are designed just to bring fear. It doesn't seem like they're hitting anybody, but they're extraordinarily loud and extraordinarily bright. I'm a student here. I'm an English major. Please don't fail us. President Biden today from the White House saying violent protests are not a protected American right. Dissent is essential to democracy, but dissent must never lead to disorder or to denying the rights of others so students can finish the semester and their college education. More than 1,500 students have been arrested since these pro-Palestinian protests began. At one point, an entire men's fraternity stood for over an hour, warding off hundreds of anti-Israel agitators that were trying to take down an American flag at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. We all just kind of connected and stood there protecting one thing, and we all were were looking at every direction. If stuff was flying in, we would say, heads up. We would cover each other. We would look out for other people. We would swap. We had like like for an hour and our hands did hurt. Our arms did hurt. It was like an arm day for me that day. It was no gym happened that day afterwards. It was exhausting. Student Alex Jones. I love America. They're going to have to tear me off this flag like by my dead body doing what we think is right. Author and speaker Jenny Allen says what you're seeing at these universities, the rioting and the violence, does not represent what she has seen speaking on dozens of college campuses this year. Instead, she says she's witnessed revivals, impromptu week-long worship sessions like Asbury and mass baptisms. Gen Z is different. They are open to God. They want to confess their sin. They're sick of the world and they want something different. Not all of them, but a lot of them. A lot of them. And I think what the older church needs to hear and believe is that it's possible. God is doing it again. He is awakening his people. And so to pray and to pull those kids into your life and your home and disciple them because they're hungry. Jenny Allen's statements on this, the National Day of Prayer. There are over 60,000 prayer events planned across America today. Israel's main highway was closed today because of protesters. Shut down in the morning rush hour, Tel Aviv's main highway. Families of hostages held by Hamas pleaded with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu not to invade Rafah, the last refuge for an estimated 1.4 million Gazans from the war. An advisor to Netanyahu confirmed what the prime ministers doubled down on all week. Israel will attack Rafah. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Hamas could save Palestinian lives by accepting Israel's proposed six-week ceasefire. The deal would free hundreds of Palestinian protesters 
protesters in exchange for the release of 33 Israeli hostages in Gaza. Blinken calls Israel's overture extraordinarily generous. Donald Trump may face more sanctions from a judge today in his hush money case in New York City. He's facing four other alleged gag order violations. They include gaggling with the press, things he said during an interview, and comments he made while making a stop in midtown Manhattan at a construction site saying actually kind things about David Pecker, who was testifying at that time. Another case we're watching, the U.S. government versus Google. Lawyers on both sides will deliver closing arguments today and tomorrow in a years-long case over whether the tech giant broke anti-federal trust laws to maintain its online search dominance. The government claims that Google competed unfairly when it paid Apple and other companies billions of dollars to automatically handle searches on smartphones and web browsers. Google says people use its search engine because it's the best one. The body of a fifth construction worker who went missing during the collapse of the Francis Scott Key Bridge in Baltimore has been found. The victim is identified as 49-year-old Miguel Gonzalez of Maryland. Salvage teams located a missing construction vehicle and the body was recovered inside. One bridge worker remains missing. Congress will vote next week on a Republican-led effort to remove House Speaker Mike Johnson. Hardliners like Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene are upset with the Speaker for pushing through a 95 billion-dollar foreign aid bill that does not include any money for U.S. border security. The White House this morning announced a $3 billion investment to replace all lead pipes in the U.S. in the next 10 years. We estimate that 9 million lead service lines are snaked throughout our nation's homes and businesses and schools and daycares, poisoning our nation's children. And the Peloton craze is over. The bike maker's CEO stepping down as the company cuts 400 jobs worldwide. The exercise bike giant went through a boom during the pandemic when people were stuck at home, but sales have dropped dramatically since then. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, an update on campus protests across New York State, declassifying marijuana, and to count or not to count, there's a bill in the works in Pennsylvania that would allow pre-canvassing of mail-in ballots. Those stories after weather with Kevin Williams. Beautiful day today. We'll do it again tomorrow. And in between, pleasant night is ahead tonight. Low temperatures in the comfortable 40s and low 50s. For tomorrow, golden sunshine and pleasantly warm. High temperatures in the 70s and near 80, though cooler near Lake Erie and especially near Lake Ontario in the afternoon. Saturday is cloudy and cooler with showers. High temperatures Saturday in the 60s. Thank you, Kevin. Check in the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. 54-year-old Kim Pagula, the co-owner of the Buffalo Bills NFL team, has just been ruled legally incapacitated. Family Life's Greg Gillespie has the story. Kim Pagula suffered a heart attack two years ago, but its lingering effects are much more devastating than has been widely known. A report today from the news site The Athletic says a judge 14 months ago ruled her as legally incapacitated. Her husband, Bill's co-owner Terry Pagula was designated as personal and financial guardian for Kim. Terry's daughter from his first marriage now owns a small percentage of the team and has represented the Bills at a handful of functions. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Now we follow campus protests in our backyard in Rochester, Syracuse, Binghamton, Wallace Hall at the University of Rochester in western New York, back open today after pro-Palestinian protesters shut it down yesterday. Similar protests happened at Buff State, Syracuse University, Binghamton University, and SUNY New Paltz. Family Life's D. Hale 
Haley has more from the University of Buffalo. 16 people were reportedly arrested following protests over war in Gaza on the University at Buffalo North Campus last night. Students and others not affiliated with the school were arrested after being advised of and failing to comply with an order to disperse at dusk. Many people left peacefully, however, others ignored the requests of UB police and were arrested. A few individuals attempted to resist arrest, and according to a statement from UB, two officers were assaulted. The arrests follow a nationwide trend from Columbia to Wisconsin to UCLA, where students have been arrested during pro-Palestinian events. D. Haley. Family Life News. The anti-war protests at Syracuse are taking a different approach to the demonstrations that have spread across so much of the country. That story from Family Life's Jeremy Miller. Yeah, many of those protests have been marred by violence, but protesters at SU say they want to be respectful and are not advocating disruption or violence. They are asking SU to support a ceasefire in Gaza and divest from relationships with companies that support Israel. Israeli supporters demonstrating nearby are making their voices heard by dancing and singing. So far, the groups are not chanting at one another or being violent. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. A federal plan to reclassify marijuana could have huge implications in Pennsylvania where the drug is still illegal, except for medicinal purposes. The Biden administration has just decided marijuana is no more dangerous than Tylenol. That's a blatant effort to get the youth vote uh, as they're lagging in the polls and lagging even among the youth vote. That's why the Biden administration is rolling this out right now. Michael Gear with the Pennsylvania Family Institute fears modern versions of marijuana are more dangerous than the drug was decades ago. He says the same money that propped up big tobacco is now fueling the push to permit pot in Pennsylvania. Democrats in Harrisburg have approved a bill that allows up to a week of pre-canvassing of mail-in and absentee ballots. Current state law bans pre-canvassing until 7 a.m. on Election Day. Democrats say the change will speed up the counting of ballots, but Republicans fear it could lead to fraud. The measure now moves to the state Senate for consideration. What would it be like to spend the National Day of Prayer with someone from Russia in the 1990s? Let's sit in with author John Birnbaum and hear his first-person account. A man who was the chairman, basically, of the parliament in Russia came to Washington, D.C. for a visit when the National Prayer Breakfast was taking place, the president's prayer breakfast. And some Christian missionaries heard him speak in Russian And they introduced themselves and they invited him to come to the prayer breakfast. So he went back to Russia just on fire because he felt that there are all kinds of resources within religion and Christianity that they hadn't tapped to hold their country together. What was it like for you and your delegation to meet with people? What did you ask for? What did you offer? It was overwhelming, the response, because... You know, we all had in our minds, you know, that there were going to be issues of politics and and this kind of international relations issues and so forth. They didn't want to talk about that stuff. What they wanted to talk about was how Christianity might bind the country together. So they asked us to share with them our experience with our faith and the way our faith helped to mold how our country was developed and how we were nurtured along as young adults. They didn't want to talk about international issues. They wanted to talk about issues of morality and ethics. And it was staggering. And then we met with a group of educators. They said, our problem is not what's going on politically or economically. It's that we have nothing to live for. Communism basically has led us for 70 years 
to nowhere. Christian author John Birnbaum on Faith Under Fire. He and writer Philip Yancey led a Christian delegation to the Soviet Union in the 1990s. You can hear more of him on our podcast at familylife.org. Time next for tonight's market report brought to you by Faithward Advisors. Wall Street closing with stocks higher at the closing bell. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 322 points, ending at 38,225. The S&P 500 rose 45 to 50,46 and the NASDAQ gained 235 points to 15,840. Faithward Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm. Find out more at faithwardadvisors.com. Today is the 73rd annual National Day of Prayer. Hi, I'm Rob West with a Faith and Finance Minute. This year's theme based on a passage in 2 Samuel is lift up the word, light up the world. Here's a part of the prayer written for today's observance. You, O Lord, are the God who lights our darkness. Forgive us for focusing on the darkness around us instead of being filled with faith. For by you, we can take courage and fight the good fight as living lampstands in our communities and country. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we abide in you and your word abides in us, may we run boldly into the darkness to lift up the word and light up the world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Get biblical answers to your financial questions in the FaithFi community. Download FaithFi, Faith and Finance in your app store or visit faithfi.com. Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, a sheriff goes public in Monroe County, New York, on his knees on the National Day of Prayer. We're going to pray beside him after one last look at weather with Kevin Williams. Here is your family live weather forecast. After a beautiful evening, it'll be starlit and serene tonight. The low temperature, mid-40s to mid-50s. Friday, golden sunshine and pleasantly warm with high temperatures in the 70s to near 80. Although cooler in the afternoon near Lake Erie and especially Lake Ontario. Things deteriorate though over the weekend. A front will arrive. It spells showers, especially Saturday. Sunday is a drier day, but it could also shower once or twice. Thank you, Kevin. Finally, at 5, today is the National Day of Prayer, and a webcast begins at 8 o'clock Eastern tonight on the National Day of Prayer website. Last year, that webcast was viewed by 100 million people around the world. There are physical gatherings happening in hundreds of cities across New York and Pennsylvania today. One in particular caught our newsroom's eye in Monroe County, New York. Sheriff Todd Baxter took to YouTube from the police department to publicly ask for prayer cover for office and first responders across the state. Sheriff Todd Baxter here at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office on the National Day of Prayer, uh, sending a, a brief message uh, from my heart about the assaults and the attacks on law enforcement across our community and, and bringing that into prayer as a sheriff, I thought was an appropriate thing to do today. Uh, we're all participating one way or another. In 2023, 378 police officers were shot in America. That is the highest number on record. We can always use the backup, and the most powerful backup you can give a cop today is, uh, is the backup of prayer. The officer bowed his head and recorded this prayer and then posted it to YouTube and the Monroe County Sheriff's website. Today, the Family Life News team ends the 5 o'clock report by praying side-by-side side together with Sheriff Todd Baxter. Lord, we come in this day of uh, a prayer across our nation to uh, to gather to, to share hands for one another and to come to you collectively ask for a, a, a sake of a bounty of, of, of security around our police officers who are out there doing the work as we speak right now and also our police and, and our fire and our ambulance crews and our soldiers uh, all these servants that give so much uh, Lord we pray for you know uh, the the 
overwhelming stress been placed on law enforcement and, and, and command staff of our police departments that, that we're doing all we can do to support those guys and gals that are doing uh, your work, we believe, Lord. And we ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ gives the best protection. That is the world that we live in on the National Day of Prayer, Thursday, the 2nd of May. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is the 5 O'Clock Report on Family Life. Thank you for listening to this Family Life News Podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, please share it with others and click the subscribe button to automatically receive future episodes. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Podcasts like this are made possible by your financial partnership. Find out more at familylife.org.